BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You know, I've said this a hundred times. I mean, if you're lying, it's because you think that what you have to offer is is not good enough, you know? So you get a guy and he's 5'4", and he's lying about 5'6", in his mind, he's like, just 5'4", is just not enough. Mm-hmm. If I was only two more inches, then that would be enough. That would be enough. To, I, I would I would be, I'd be enough for her. And the reality yeah. is, it's not going to make you enough. And it, you really are telling her that you're not worthy in the first place. Yo, 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 what's up, Square Pimbergain? On this episode, we have comedian Marcus Monroe. He's here and we discuss uh, value of saying no. Do women actually compromise? Why do people lie in relationships? Why do people lie in general? And how to break up with somebody and the importance of that. We get into the Patreon. We really dig into some really the psyche of maturity and stuff like that, too. But yeah, that's right. Uh, If you want to support the show and you want the bonus content, you can go over to patreon.com slash manschool202. And sign up there. That's where we do all the bonus shows, including this week's bonus show, where we continue our conversation with Marcus Monroe, and we we get into uh, when and uh, where and when you should uh, walk away from a fight or an interaction, uh, how to reinvent yourself, and uh, who to look up to as a role model. And it's Patreon.com/slash/Manschool202 if you want to support us. Uh, if you want consultations for myself, you could uh, email me at advicefromharry at gmail.com. If you want a consultation from Dante, uh, you go to DanteNero.com and then click on consult. I'm not an alpha male. I'm not a beta male either. I'm just a better man. Better man. Well, put your happiness first, because if you don't, they won't. Yo, yo, what's up, all? GYB, we get your balls back. WWDD, what would Dante do? The sexual revolution is being podcasted, and I am excited. Uh, it's good to be in the building. Harry, how you doing? What's going on? How you feeling? Man, I'm feeling fantastic, trying to live my best life, but still, even in 2023, having a tough time keeping these gators down. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know how hard it was going to be. It's difficult. It's difficult. You'd think it would get easy with time, but... You know, the burden is just amazing. Anyway. It never stops. It never <laughs> stops. Uh, we got a special guest. We also got a special show. Now, I know I've said that 500 times before, but this time I mean it. Um, <laughs> uh, our guest today is uh, is uh, he's just a really good dude. Uh like this dude a lot. Um, very, very funny dude. Um, give it up for Marcus Monroe, yo. Give it up for Marcus Monroe. Yo, what's up, Dante? How you doing, Harry? It's great yeah. to be back on the Man School podcast. I'm excited. It's good to have you, man. It's good to have you. It's always good to have. You. I always, I always get a good feeling when I see you, bro. Uh, same here, man. We, you, we, uh, we, uh, you know, we're like unlikely friends in a way. Like, if you saw us on the street, you wouldn't think Dante you know, and Marcus. You, you know, Dante, be, you'd be like, no. And then you're like, of, of course I do. Yeah, but. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, like, you don't judge a book, right? But like, yeah. we're, and Harry and I have been friends since what? For like, over God, 10 almost, years, oh, maybe no, 15. Yeah. Really? It's been, a, oh, it's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. We met it's in been 2010 or 2009. 
Yeah, because we were both, I think, did we meet through the Andy Kaufman Award thing? Was that where we first met? I think so. it might have been because, yeah. I, but it wasn't the year, we, it wasn't the year I, it was the, it wasn't the year I won. So it was 2010, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's where we met during those Andy Kaufman Awards uh, competitions. Those were the were days, fun. man. That was fun. So that good. That was fun and crazy. Well, it was fun for you. You won early. It took me like five tries. Yeah, It yeah. became you, very frustrating by the end until I won because something would always keep happening. It, and then you, I don't. Your your I remember like your um your sets though were always so layered and well crafted, um and you put in you definitely put in the work and, and I think they were just kind of like not letting you win because they wanted to see what you would do next year maybe like because it maybe. was it was always so good like Joe Para never won either and he had like there were a really, couple people who were really good that didn't win yeah I agree yeah. I, like Joe Maki well, I thought he was really funny um. Yeah, Killy Dwyer. Uh, people might not know Killy Dwyer. She does some great yeah. musical comedy. Yeah, there's some good people. But comedy competition, I fucking hate competition, which is why after that one, I never did another one. Even with Last Comic Standing, I think one time my manager at the time asked me to audition for Last Comic Standing. I go, if it's just in front of uh, producers at an empty club, I'm not doing it. I right. go, if it's in front of an audience, I go, oh, okay, fine. And they put me on the, with the regular audience or whatever because yeah. I was just, sometimes you have to say no, like enough is enough. You get exhausted. Yeah. I had I to just, learn that from Dante. Like, just enough isn't like, just no, have some value. Like, if you hate doing it, that you know, but you're so young, you want to say yes to everything. Yeah, and like, I just started kind of saying no to things. I, I used to say yes to everything, every yeah. show, every podcast, every like. Someone reached out to me on Instagram today and was like, "Hey, can we post some of your videos on our Instagram page?" And I clicked on their Instagram page and they had like 17 followers. I was like, why am I, would I give you my content to post on yeah. your, like, but I'm like, yeah. no, it, it kind of waters down the brand a bit. I had to, yeah. I, I, I'm now in the mode where I say no, but I still have a little bit of that instinct, especially when it comes to show business of saying yes. And mm -hmm. there's a couple things I've said yes to that I had to go back. I go, what the fuck am I doing? I think I got an offer recently to, uh, a couple times, a couple different people ask me on road gigs, and I, you normally I say yes, and you're like, they're like, ah, hey, it'll be like two hundred dollars or whatever, and you go yes, and then when I do the math, I'm like, oh wait a minute, this is in South Carolina, you know, whatever, six hours south of here. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm gonna make twenty five bucks when this is done. No, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that instinct is like, oh, a half hour, like when I was oh. a young comic, a half hour. No. Well, and it I feels still, good to say no. I Dante, you might agree, but like stage time is still so valuable in new york city because there are so many comics just fighting and so competitive to get on up on stage on a good show so i will put my myself through hell to get on stage to talk for you know eight to 15 minutes whatever right. but but like yeah you there are some shows where i'm like why am i doing this this i'm like i where i've done such weird shows especially when i was i would did the edinburgh fringe festival yeah like, yeah you have to promote did you do that the whole show. festival. Did you do the whole thing? Whole thing. No days off. I did 27 days. Did you bark? You had to bark and everything. I had to bark. I had to, I, you know, the show was me. It was my one man show. I got a poster for it right over here on the wall, mm. but I, uh, it's right there, but nice. I, um, <clears throat> I, uh, that's great for the podcast. Yeah. It was a great but, shot. Also. I, yeah. <laughs> But you're, I would you're, say you need to be watch the YouTube feed, but even the YouTube people did not get much of a glimpse of the poster. Oh, but it's well, I'll grab. But yeah, I, <laughs> you don't have to. I had to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to do everything I could to get people to the show. 
Yeah, oh. barking for people who don't know is when you get on the street and you have to talk people, strangers, into off the street if they want to see a comedy show, which is fascinating to me that anyone ever does it. Just the notion that, one, anyone would say yes to it because I would never I'd be like, I just yeah. get away from me. Yeah. But Let somehow me ask people you about don't. this Edinburgh thing. Did you find it worth it or would you do it again or was it just worth it because of the experience? Great question. So the show I did there was a one-man show about my life. Uh, and I would not do that show again. I would go there with a comedy show. The show was funny, and it was considered a comedy show, but there was a script. I had a director. I had even had a writer with me. I had a producer. I had, a, I had an assistant. I had the whole thing. And so if I were to do it again, I would just do a microphone and a stage. That's mm -hmm. it. I had I had sets, I had props, I had projection, I had all this stuff. It was a very tech-heavy show for The Fringe, and I would not recommend doing that. We also had a 3 o'clock time slot in a 200-person venue. For me, oh. going to The Fringe for year one, that was very ambitious. Right. We did, but I would rather do a smaller venue, sell it out. How, every how day. many? What's the most amount of people you have? What's the least amount of people you perform for? The least amount was probably like seven or eight, and there was like two days that we sold it out. So we had, we went. It it just ran the gamut from like mm -hmm. seven people, eight people to two hundred people. Mm -hmm. And boy, it is magic when you had two hundred people at a friend show yeah, watching yeah. this kid from New York trying to make sense of his life. Mm -hmm. It really all came together. But then when you have eight people in the audience, you're like, why am I doing in this? another country? Why did I fly over the ocean? But then you also the, have to why did I go through customs for this? Oh my god. Well, customs was so such a joke. I should have brought so much weed with me. I didn't bring any. I was starving for the month. But I um it just helps me sleep and the the uh, jet lag sucks. But the fringe, the the average audience is like three or three to five people a show because there are so many shows. Yeah. And there's some people don't even get people to their show, paying people to their show. Mm. And we, we papered it for like the first two, like week and a half. We gave out a bunch of free tickets to get the word out and the buzz going. And that did yeah. work. Um, but by it like, did the work or it didn't work. Oh, it did work. It worked. Wow. But by the end of it, we had good press and we had like a PR agency. I mean, there was no money gained at all for this show. The How much did you lose? I didn't lose any, but the producer probably lost like 20 grand on the show. Wow. I mean, our housing alone was $8,000 for the month. Wow. wow. And so like that and the performance fee, all that stuff, I had a stipend and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really make any money. I kind of broke even, mm -hmm. um, but it's, it's, it's expensive, but I do want to go back to the fringe maybe next year. Yeah. Um, but getting back to saying no, like. Yeah. Some of those things like, uh, you know, especially when you're younger, I guess it, there's a weird balance because you don't want to close yourself off yeah. and say no to everything. But then, you know, there comes a point where you got to go. Yeah, I don't want to say yes to everything. And especially when it comes to relationships, saying no is so valuable because yeah. it saves you a lot of grief and you have to learn when to say no. You know, and a big part of that is, I think, in relationships, oftentimes, you know, we've talked about this in the past that. You know, women want you to to do things. They want to do things, but it's weird because it's not enough that you do it. They also want you to pretend that you enjoy it as well. Like mm -hmm. it's not enough that you do it. You have to like it as well. And I have found that I go, no, I'll do this, but just understand, I'm doing this for you. This is not for me. This doesn't count as us time. This is for you. 
and I'll do it because I care about you, but don't misunderstand because guys get caught up in that. And the next thing you know, you're pretending that you love to go pumpkin picking or something. Yeah. You, you have to pretend that you, oh yeah, I love going to Ikea. Right, no, right. I don't. And it's okay that I don't, Yeah. but why do you have to make me pretend as well? Yeah, so you know, I... You also make that distinction. I think what happens, you make the distinction is just like when you talk about saying no to comedy, um, you have to do enough that you start to understand what your value is in order for you to say no. Because if you have no idea what your overall value is, you're, you're saying yes because you don't respect your art in the first place. So you, you just want it to be seen so that people can so that people can like it and whatever. And what happens is a lot of times you say yes so much that you you cheapen you kind of cheapen your art because if you're just giving it away for free, which is the same thing about your time. Um I moreover than not, I, I find that um people uh represent certain things incorrectly. Like for instance, I've uh you know it's funny I just did some live I did a live with uh the, this podcast before before we came on and uh, the one uh, the woman was like you know I'm tired of men saying that they're the prize and and I was like well that that doesn't even really happen like I mean men that's no man says that unless you're telling him he's not the prize or unless you're saying that you're the prize. And what's what's interesting is, is you know, with all this kind of, I'm not going to say toxic masculinity because I don't want somebody to hit me, hit me in the face with a tampon. But, like, there's a situation where you, we, you know, there's this thing where everybody's kind of taking a side. You know, I'm a man and this is, and I have it this bad, and I'm a woman and I have it, this bad and I and I, I will totally agree with the fact that you know this 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 pushback against you know the the abuse of men needed to happen but that doesn't make it also doesn't say that women do everything perfect you know like this whole thing where you're like you should you should you should believe all women and you and then Amber Heard shits in Johnny Depp's bed and you go well maybe maybe we should maybe we should take this situationally but i think we had to get to a point where we we go look it, if we're going to look at people you want to be looked at as as a human being there are shitty women just like there are shitty men most of us fall in that middle category where we're kind of shitty and kind of nice and you know <clears throat> trying to figure it out What's interesting is that, you know, um, Marcus has a, Marcus's wife is older than him. And so she's mature and she also understands what his value is and she appreciates. And so it's weird because you don't have, I don't think you have much of any of those problems, you know? Well, no, I mean, we have our own set of issues, but those are, you know, I, I, I love my time I spend with my wife, like. I just don't, and like, yeah, we we compromise a lot. There's some stuff I want her to come with me to, and I know she doesn't want to come, but you know, then you know, I'll do something with her. So like, you know, and I know she doesn't enjoy a lot of the things that like I I love to take her to wrestling shows just because I love I think it's fun 
mm-hmm. to like be with my wife and like, I want her to experience what I love about it so much and like right, the right. production, the athleticism, like right. the soap opera, the story. And and you know, and sometimes there you know, she comes with me and she's like not having fun, but by the end of it, she's like, Oh, that was actually that was actually a good time. I had to get right, time. right, right. Um, She'll figure out that I mean it'd be something I mean, and that's that's the awesomeness about a relationship that you're in a situation where you can expose each other to things that the other person wouldn't normally do. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. That's that's what I love too, and especially being a comedian, I love putting myself in these situations that I typically would not put myself in, just to learn other people's experiences and get different perspectives. You know, it helps me write jokes. It helps me be more cultured. I can learn a little bit more about things I didn't know anything about. My wife's a vegan, and mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about like the plant-based culture and the people right. who are vegans. And I, I became a vegetarian. I don't think I could ever be a vegan. I uh, like pizza and, and ice cream too much. Uh-huh. Um, but just to learn about, you know, these different types of, um, you know, there's all, all these like uh, vegan, like subcultures of people and they all hang out together and eat plant-based right. foods and something I'm not, you know, like, you know, but I'll, I'll put my foot in, you know, I'll dabble, yeah, yeah. I'll dabble in that shit. Yeah, why not? I mean, I, I think any anything in excess is is not great. Whenever I hear that word compromise, though, I mean, Harry, you know, we got to go to the the, the definition the of definition. compromise. So it's Let's interesting see. because you, you, I a lot of times we'll have men on the on the on the podcast and they'll talk about compromise, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. And they never know what it is. Uh, okay, uh, so an agreement or settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making concessions. So yeah. what's interesting is that a lot of times, a lot of times, I'll see guys will be talking about compromise and what'll what'll be is you know the the, my woman wants me to do this and i don't want to do it and she goes she's she's like going well i want you to do this and if you don't do it i'm mad at you you know Mm -hmm. and what's interesting is the in the balance of what you said was the first thing you said was i you know like a lot of times i like wrestling and i ask her to go with me and she, you know, she's not really into it, but then she'll say it's a good time. So the, the, the point is compromise means that neither one of you get what all of what you want. <laughs> you, you make concessions for each other. And yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, if, okay. So take for example, there's like, say there's a wrestling event. I want my wife to come with me, you know, she'll be like, I don't want to go to that. And I'll say, They'll have beer. And she'll say, will you buy me a beer? I'm like, I'll buy you two beers. Let's go. <laughs> and she'll say, oh, okay, let's go. You know, like, it, it's little things like that that yeah. just, like, because I did take her to one wrestling event, and there it was, like, at a high school. It was an indie show at a high school gymnasium. Yeah, there was, yeah. like, no alcohol. She was like, what the hell am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so I think, like, I think she, and we also, we both like putting ourselves in, in new situations and experiences. And I think couples, both, regardless of if you're into something, can learn about each other and yeah. yourself when you're put yourself in uncomfortable 
um well, just different not even yeah. uncomfortable no, no, no. just different yeah just different yeah just something you're not exactly sure what's going to happen i think that's if you do the mundane, the same thing every day, on Mondays we eat at this restaurant, on Tuesdays I make dinner, but on Wednesdays we go back to our favorite restaurant. Like, I, there's no, you know, I don't like uh, a plan so much. I like to just be spontaneous, a little bit of impulsive. Um, that's how I like to live <laughs> my life. And and but and my wife is more of a planner, but she doesn't mind if we make a plan and then break it right away. She's like, okay. as long as I know what I'm doing, that's fine. Yeah, um, it, it's it's important to know that. The compromise is not, I I do what you want and shut the fuck up and act like I like it, and right. that's a compromise. The compromise is that we both we both gain from it, and if we don't both gain from it, then it's not a, a compromise. It's but I think also there's a level of honesty that needs to be in place, and a lot of times I think people are they don't really have enough self esteem to be honest, like they don't. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, for somebody to say, I don't want to do that uh, in those or I, I went I remember I went to a piano bar and I mean, I know I look like a piano bar fanatic, yeah. <laughs> right? Yes, you do. But <laughs> I think I saw you there the other day. Right. But uh, the funny thing about the piano bar is like when you like what they would have like a Venmo situation where you tip if you tip, you can you can, you know, you can pick a song. Mm-hmm. Right. And so. The other couples would, you know, they would pay like $2 or $3 to, to, but if you put a bigger tip, you, you, you bump their song, right? Yeah. Every time somebody would do their, every time a couple would do their song and they would get up and dance and I would do a $5 tip and then, (laughs) and then put fight the power or something. (laughs) <laughs> and so so my whole so all I did was have a ball like people would be doing slow they do a slow song and they would be playing uh it's just a, a hometown girl in a lonely world and I would just bam like no we're not doing that just cut this song ruin everyone's good time oh I had right. a oh, I had such a ball Nothing but a good time <laughs> And I just kept jacking up everybody's love song. I was uh, had such a good time, there and they were go. like, and, and you know, it was like, but everybody was like having fun with it. And so I think you put yourself in these situations where, you know, a lot of times I, I, I'm I'm finding also that there's so many people, uh, and Harry and I talk about this all so the guys who are considered famous or famous adjacent or right at the cusp of being famous comic friends of ours. Um, and they're miserable, mm-hmm. just miserable in their relationships. They're going through the motions. They're, you know, in a relationship, married, whatever, and then miserable in their lives. And so, you know, I, I always, you know, it, it, it's always a situation like, you know, when you don't, you know, like comedy is one of those things. It's funny, like you were saying that there's, it's not a meritocracy. It's, there's not a one-to-one relationship to what you put in and what somebody likes you, you get more spots or you get more work and you, or you even if you're funny, if you're, if you're, if somebody has something against you or you remind them of somebody that they don't like, or I remember back in the days, there was this club called, uh, uh, what was the club on Essex street, Harry? Laugh lounge. Laugh lounge was a club years ago. And the woman there, uh, she booked the show and uh, and she, you know, and, and no matter how much I killed, 
she would continually give me a hard time about booking me. And then I, I saw a picture of her ex-boyfriend. He could pass from my twin brother. And I oh, was like, wow. oh, oh, he, boy. oh, she hated my guy. Every time she saw me, she could see that guy. Oh, that so sucks. It's all, you know, it's so much involved that you have no idea, you know, what what's behind it. And then and, and people a lot of times people are so unaware of their own emotions and they're so uncomfortable with themselves that they don't even, you know, then then it's, I mean, it was personal, but it wasn't even personal with me. You know, what I mean, mm-hmm. it really didn't have anything to do with me at all. It had to do with something. I mean, I, I, I you know, I was affected by it in the long run, but. You know, it's just I'm I'm learning more and more that the the your honesty, like if I just have people respect what I do on stage, my peers respecting what I do on stage, and mm-hmm. I'm able to do it, even if it gets no better than it gets now, where I can work, make money, and and whatever. Which realistically, as you keep doing it. The internet is such that the more you do it, the more people see you, the better you are, the more more fans. You, I mean, it just never stops growing. Your fan, if you stay consistent, your fan base never stops going. I mean, like yeah. Todd Barry used to. Todd Barry, you know, I mean, he had been doing comedy like thirty five years. Yeah, this was like ten years ago, and. And and Todd is funny, but Todd is not a killer. Like he's not a guy that levels the room but everywhere he went he would sell out sell out because he had just been doing it so just so many people saw him and he was so proficient at what he does he would sell out the room you know yeah so it's it's you well, know we it's, all it's want a this- question of in any aspect of life what is it that i can't control so when you go back to that story like what is it that i, I can't control that you look you can't control that you look like her ex and that she doesn't like that and won't book you. But what you can control is how good you are at what you do, what, how good your act is. You can't control who books you or why they say yes or why they say no or why it's fair. And that's the same thing in relationships or, or dating or business and in life. What are the things I can actually control and fix? And what are the things that are out of my control? You, you know, especially yeah. when you run into a dilemma. I saw somewhere they go, well, take, take, take down everything that you can't control and get rid of that and focus on the things that you can control and just do those things. Mm-hmm. It's also, I mean, I could have, I could have hit on her and reconciled like I was an ex-boyfriend and then, then she would have booked me, but she looked like a horse. So I adopted. <laughs> and you broke up with that horse. So you had harsh feelings at one time. That yeah, you, I, I, ex- I'm, I'm a little, yeah, I don't like horse face chicks. Um, but it's just, it's interesting. It's um, the dis something. One of the things that I've been dealing with so often is that the, just dealing with the dishonesty of people. Sure. Um, yeah. It, it's the big thing is just, especially at the beginning of a relationship. I know a lot, like, this is something I've been tackling with like my therapist about and also like talking about it on stage. But I had a problem with like lying when I first met my wife. I was trying like we have a 15 year age gap and I was trying so hard to make her think I was interesting. So I would just like lie about myself, even though I didn't even realize like my life is pretty interesting. Right. Regardless. But yeah, I was but it's, like, it's also your life. And so it's what you're comfortable with. So you don't you like, you know. Yeah, I will say the craziest thing I ever told her was that, and this was just like, I don't like we laugh about it now, but 
I told her that before I dated her, I dated Amanda Bynes. Oh, okay. From all that? Like that. The... Yeah, there was like no, I just thought it would be, I thought she'd think it was cool. I don't know what, and what I was, was her, thinking, What was her response to that? She was like, no, you didn't. I was like, okay. Well, there was like, she, all she <laughs> you had to do was like, like okay. <laughs> all she had to do was like Google search, like Marcus Monroe, Amanda Bynes, and he, zero search results. So, you know, like later about, she was like, did you really, like, were you together? I was like, nah, sorry. She's like, why would you do that? I was like, I don't know. I just think I thought you didn't think I was cool or interesting. So I needed to like, and like, sometimes I would, <clears throat> no, it's never my, I would never suggest anyone to lie especially in a relationship you need to build trust from the beginning if you don't have that solid trust base yeah. you're so fucked because nothing you do or say is gonna she's always gonna second guess what you're saying who you're with where you are what you're doing where your money's going um so i would i would and i i cleared it up pretty quickly it was a couple days went by i was like yeah no i'm so sorry like i'm not i'm not alive so i almost um, also feel like you could have shot for higher than amanda mines you know yeah what but mean? this like, was not. this was 14 years ago this was before the face oh, tattoo was, yeah. This yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. I, I like the Amanda Bynes lie i'll tell you you don't want to shoot too high you don't want to be like i, I was uh, i was out with j-lo they're like what i didn't see any of the tablet no no, no me j-lo we kept it really private you go amanda Bynes. If she doesn't show up in the tabloids, you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah, you don't want a a too big a lie. Then you're George Santos. You know what I mean? That's the problem. George Santos shot always shot too high. Uh, I was at at NYU, and I also invented uh, rocket fuel. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of stuff. I produced Spider-Man. Yeah, You know, it's weird because, you know, people are talking about how how horrific it is about George Santos. I personally know guys who are famous adjacent who lie that much, mm-hmm. you know, who actually lie that much. It's just, I, I think the exception to the rule is, is truthfulness, credibility, and, and, and integrity, which is the, the rule is usually lies and hyperbole and exaggerations. Um, mm-hmm. The problem is, you know, I've said this a hundred times. I mean, if you're lying, it's because you think that what you have to offer is is not good enough, you know? So you get a guy and he's 5'4", and he's lying about 5'6", in his mind, he's like, just 5'4", is just not enough. Mm-hmm. If I was only two more inches, then that would be enough. That would be enough. To, I, I would I would be, I'd be enough for her. And the reality yeah. is, it's not going to make you enough. And it, you really are telling her that you're not worthy in the first place. It's like in any situation where there is some kind of social dynamic and you're just meeting somebody, you're telling them what your worth is. Um, it, 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 I mean, sure, they can make a decision about what your worth is based on material things, but it's literally you define what your worth is. Mm-hmm. And so y- you go you know uh, Amanda Bynes is kind of a it's really a reflection of you not thinking you're good enough which here's a woman had already she had already expressed that you were enough I mean she was already interested y'all were already dating I don't know were you married still or no were you married then or was just dating no no we were this was when we had first met so we were just starting to date Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. 
There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. And so she, she, and I, you know, I, at the time I was, you know, hanging out with celebrities. You know, I was, I was at parties with like Lindsay Lohan and she was dating Sam Ronson at the time or Mm. Like there were, I was like, I wasn't, can, I, but I never met Amanda Bynes. So like there was no. Yeah, you were famous adjacent. Yeah. I mean, I had friends who knew famous people and that's kind of like how it's always been there, how I've met other famous people. But yeah, I, but just going back to it, like, I just think a, a lot of guys sometimes lie to make themselves sound more interesting. And I don't know, maybe it's a girl thing too. I don't know, but I've, yeah, I just, the cover up is always so much worse. If you were to lie and then double down on it it just it you're, you're oh well, you end up down. four layers into the lie and oh, then they're like bad well what was that like you know, yeah. yeah you well, gotta I, bring so that that's why i was like very quickly to dissolve it because i knew like I, there's no way i could like make an us weekly article or like fabricate something and like i wouldn't have the time or the need to do that anyway especially for a girl i just kind of was dating um right but you know you see other people like like you know like you know george santos whoever it is just like lying then doubling down on it and then then flipping it over to you being like why do you care about this so much why does the media care you know i'm just like gaslighting about trying to feel crazy because i don't like the fact that you're lying to me dante was there any lie back in the day that you told like early on oh that's a good question like what what was the biggest lie that you got caught telling because i know you to be fairly you know significantly truthful fairly truthful significantly Um, truthful let's see Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I have a, I had a, uh, hmm. I had a fight where a guy pulled a knife on me. Mm-hmm. What? And I was. I like that you say a fight where a guy pulled a knife on you. Yeah, as in singular. <laughs> But it, it, I had a fight where a guy pulled a knife on me, and I took the knife off, and I, I told people that I stabbed him after I took the knife off, and I didn't, and I just felt so bad, like I should have stabbed him. You know what I mean? I just, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the guilt yeah. you have. You wake up at night going, "I should have stabbed that motherfucker." Yeah. Stabbed that guy. I think um, Nick, I think Nick Swartzen had a joke where he was like, "He's so bad at telling stories, so he just ends every story with." And then I stabbed the guy. We're like, "What? <laughs> what? Um, How old were you when you said that, Dante? Yeah. And why do you think you said it? And where did you stab the guy? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I well, I didn't. I did take the knife from him, and I did like. I didn't knock him out, but I didn't stab him after I knocked him out. But you could and, have. Yeah, but I didn't. And I claimed it. Like, as if me fighting a guy, what's weird is because as me fighting a guy with a knife. It and, wasn't and enough. The fight is, just wasn't enough, right? How old was um, this again? I was in high school. Um, so in high school, I, um, so th- there's a whole story where the friend of mine who, who, like, when you go in and certain, like, in the 90s in Brooklyn was really rough. I mean, like, I don't know how I made it through when I think back, right? And a friend of mine was dating the pretty girl on this block, and there were a bunch of thugs, uh, what you call 5%. Do you know what 5%ers are? 
I've heard uh, the name of the. A I don't gang, think I right? know. Wasn't it a gang? So, five uh, percent or so. It was like a. There were Muslims, fruit of Islam, Muslims who took some of the lessons from from Islam and brought it into the streets, and they were teaching it in the streets as a kind of a a prequel to coming into the fruit of Islam. And then, and the guy who did it, this guy named Wallace D. Muhammad, uh, basically he died, and it, and the whole thing existed as a separate entity, all separate. So there were a lot of rappers, like Wu Tang Clan and stuff, who kind of affiliated with 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 the five percent of nation, right? And it ended up being a pretty big gang, also. Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, so. Five um, percent is a lot different than the one uh, percent that Bernie Sanders yeah, was talking totally about. Different. Significant. Totally different. That four percent is a huge say, what's difference. The math- you ever hear some like old school hip hop where they go, "What's the mathematics?" I don't know. You nah, that's heard. a little past my time. I was... All right, so uh, my boy was fucking in with this chick on the block. She was the pretty girl on the block, and his and and at that time, if you weren't fir- from the neighborhood. And you dated the pretty girl. They all felt like it was their girl. Mm-hmm. Like you're coming on our block, taking our girl. Um, mm-hmm. So it was so territorial. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which she wasn't going to date none of them anyway. And uh, it was like a summer, a whole summer. So they jumped him and took his took his leather Kango hat. Like just oh, how far boy. I'm going back. And then. <laughs> We uh stole his LA jumped. Knights. Yeah, That's we a- jumped one of them and beat them up. And then I got a I got pistol whipped on my way to the library, right? No way. And then they jumped this my is a tough neighborhood. You get beat up studying for the LSATs. Yeah, <laughs> well, I worked in the library. I I was a, I worked in the periodical room of the Brooklyn Public Library. So I was going to work and the guy, they, they saw me, oh, you tough. And they put a gun in my head and then they hit me on the back of the head. And I kind of, and so this was like a thing where we were going back and forth. And they, at the time we used to ride mini bikes. Well, I didn't ride mini bikes, but they did. So the guy was coming down. If, Harry will tell you when you come down my block to my house, there's a big hill. And then there's a, you know, a straightaway, like a low level mm-hmm. straightaway. And so you could see the mini bikes coming over the hill, and they would then they would be in a straightaway. And I took a table leg out the garbage, and when the guy came, I was hit between the cars, and I hit the guy in the face, knocked him off the back of the, and then I ran. And so this was like a thing for a whole summer, it was back and forth, back and forth. Did they know it was you? Yeah, they knew it was like they would beat us up. We would catch them. They would beat us up. This sounds like on. a low budget sequel to the Warriors. Yeah, it was only thing. It was no other gang. It was just uh, it was two of us and a gang of like nine dudes, right? Um, and I, I remember we got into this because my friend had gotten jumped, and they took his Kango hat and his groceries, right? And uh, the guy yelled at my friend, and I was like, he was like, "Yo, they're gonna guys, let's let's go." And I was like, "Nah, fuck that. Let's you know, let's wait." And it was like an abandoned building. And then one guy came out, then another guy, then another guy, then another. And then it was like nine of them. And I was like, fuck, right? And we we didn't want to run because once they chased us, you, you're done. 
Yeah. So we walked quickly. It was like, whatever, whatever. He was trying to be cool. We were scared to death. And then some of the buildings had doormen. And so we go in the door, his girlfriend's door, and don't let them in. And they would. Mm. But this went on for like a summer where we were just kicking our, kicking each other's ass. And then I cornered one of the guys. He pulled the gun, uh, pulled the knife out of me. I fought the dude. And I ended up knocking him, knocking not out, but down. And he, I took the knife from him. Man, and then I you didn't, told you didn't stab like, him. That sounds like pussy shit to me. You just know, didn't even should've. stab. Him. I like to hear like self conscious. I can't go back and tell table? Me. Yeah. <laughs> I, what's funny is I've run into that guy at comedy clubs since then, and it was because so what happened? This was an ongoing back and forth. He we get stomped. I get pistol whipped. I stomp you know back and forth, and then it, my mom sent me to New Jersey. Just for a while to stay with my cousins to cool off and it, cool things and it, off. Yeah, so it cooled. And then when I came back in the neighborhood, I'm in the Chinese restaurant. No, me and my buddy Sean, we're getting ready to go to the Chinese, and they're all hanging out. And it's winter time; they're hanging out in the Chinese restaurant. And he was like, "Yo, let's." I was like, "Nah, we gotta go." We went in, and they didn't say anything, and we didn't say anything, and then it just kind of ended, right? But I lied about stabbing the dude. Why did it end? Why did it just end like that? Yeah, how how did it end? I it just was like we were we were fucking them up. They were fucking us up, and it was just like it kind of passed its time. And then I remember running into the guy, one of the guys, one of the leader guys, and we were like, "Remember, we we laughing about it." It Insane, but I mean, it was. This is what I mean by it's really was a like Brooklyn in nineties was like. Insane. Well, it was like 80s, late 80s. It's insane. Like that you would go through that on a day-to-day basis and 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 then go to school and study and then go to work at the library and then you'd be waiting for people. They used to come in the library and threaten me. And it was, it was a nightmare. But I, I just realized, you know, I don't know why I lied about it. It's weird because, I mean, enough had happened. But I just think you there's always this thing of where you want to be better you yeah, know let me, let me ask harry same question but what's the worst lie you've ever told to a girl the worst lie I ever told to a girl yeah maybe you were dating or about to date or i'm trying to think give me a second on that because i tend not i haven't i haven't even done even back in the day i wasn't even like confident enough to lie if that makes sense but i'm trying yeah. to think let me think um I think a couple times I mentioned that I I had had a threesome when I hadn't had a threesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Up to to just pad my numbers, like to talk about it. Um, yeah. And I also meant there was a girl in high school when I was in high school. There was a girl. I was in the friend zone, real deep. So I was trying to pretend that I I realized like, oh, I gotta make sure that she, oh she's dating somebody. All right, then I'm gonna pretend that I'm dating somebody. And I did make oh, yeah. up a, a girlfriend thing back when I was like in high school with this one girl. It didn't work. Uh, I never mm-hmm. hooked up with her. I never did get out of that friend zone. Uh, friend zone is the worst. Zone. Hate the friend zone. It's terrible. Well, it, Were you in the friend the zone a lot, you get out of this, you, it, yeah. To get out of this friend zone, you have to, you need a reset. You gotta have oh, yeah. Reset. I know how to do it now. Yeah, you reset. You don't, You just, you stop being friends like with her. how to get Peace out of the Corps. friend zone. Yeah. You know, you go dig well, dig wells in Cambodia, and then you come back, and then she. But what's funny is even when there's that break, 
you can fuck it up. Still see you as the same person that you left. And then when you say, oh, no, I'm not that guy. And you can't say I'm not that guy. You have to act. You have to not be that guy. Mm-hmm. And then when you change that, oh, you're not willing to tolerate this kind of disrespect. Marcus will get like, this. Ooh, you, and now she's now she's get, attracted to you. You got to come back a as a, never, a new character. Huh? Like you got to come back as a new character like they do used to do in wrestling. You yeah, know, yeah, like yeah. like, hey, man, my name ain't Kama, uh Papa Shango no more. I'm Kama Mustafa, not, bro. Not, yeah. And Dustin, I'm not here to fuck around. Not Dustin Rhodes. Yeah. You come back as you got to come back as gold. Dust, you gotta, I'm you gold gotta, dust. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever it is, you got to do the opposite. If you got to be tough, yeah, you go the you other way. You can't be Dustin Rhodes and then you become young Dusty. It's got to be gold dust. Gold dust. That, something completely different. But that, that's exactly what I did. Like every new school year, I was like, all right, this is the year I'm going to be. I'm going to come in. Everyone's going to want to be my friend. I'm going to smart. I'm going to, I'm going to study. I'm going to, it's a new year. It's a new me. You know, then every year, like come February, I don't, I was the same guy. You just revert <laughs> to being Marcus. Yeah. But I think like, I don't Marcus know. Marcus T-Bone Monroe. T-Bone. T-Bone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why. The Google think The Gooch. The Gooch. I like, I love these nicknames. I got to get a business card or something. I uh, yeah, I don't know why people always feel like okay, I need to be different. I think you just need to be you, right? Like I mean, I don't understand. Well, if you're if you're satisfied with who you are, but if you sure. if you feel like you're lacking in some capacity or there's something well, about that. you, then you have to change that that thing about you. So, you know, yeah. a thing for me back in the day was I was uh I mean, I was afraid of getting into fights because I would just get beat up a lot. Even though I was bigger than kids, I didn't like fighting people. So I would never actually get beat up, but I just hated fights. So I would avoid conflict or whatever. And I found that, you know, working out and doing being more athletic helped me gain some more confidence in that sense. And Oh, I could see that happening yeah. 100%. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't mean um, changing yourself for you. What I was saying was like, I don't see why people need to reinvent themselves so other people like you. Um, to make compromise your own beliefs, so you, people just think you're cool. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't think. Yeah, people... but I, I don't know if you if are you really compromising your beliefs when you don't really have beliefs in the first place? Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh no, then you're, then you you're can. so young that it's it's you're still malleable in the first place. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Like oh, yeah, but, yeah no, totally. if you're in high school, yes. But if you're like, you know, I'm uh, I'm, you know, even if you're I'm in my 30s, if you're in your 30s and there you have a friend yeah. group and they lean conservative, but you're a diehard liberal, you're going to be like, you know, I'm more moderate, you know, like, no, just now. Do you do you find that that was something you were doing at 30 or no? How old, uh, how old are you now? How old are you now? Thir- I'm 37. Okay. I think when I was. I, no, you know, I'm pretty proud of who I am and what I do. Uh, I don't need to like, I don't know, what's like bend a knee or like I don't. How long? To, like, how long was that? How long did can you say that you, you you've been comfortable about who you are? Oh, it's it's been a good amount of time, but I think 
you know, probably since I was like in my mid twenties, I kind of figured out like the kind of person that I wanted to really be and work at that because when I was, I met my wife when I was 24 and she was already 39. Like she already had her, she knew who she was. Now I was young. I was on the road all the time. I was single. I was, I was, you know, living the life. Were you putting the numbers up? You got, you had good numbers? Nah, I didn't have, I was like a, I loved the, the chase. What was the body count? Less than 10. Before you got, what, by the time you got like married. In, in my, in my whole life. Well, in your whole life was less than 10. I think so. Maybe around 10 or 12. Um, that was before you got married. Well, yeah, I know. I, <laughs> I haven't been with anyone No, I'm since. saying, I'm saying 10 up until you got married. Yeah, 10 or 12. It's been a while since I've counted. I used to have like a, a tally of the We girls. all did. We all did. Sure. But I think um, I was always also a relationship guy. And I also never wanted to shit where I ate. So when I was like working on cruise ships, I never wanted to uh, to be in the dark order with hair. I never Sorry wanted about to. Sorry about giving Dante a signal. No, no I, I was just playing. I never wanted to like hook up with like someone else who worked on the ship. I never, that was never my thing. I never wanted to have a reputation of being a guy that would, uh, you know, do, I wanted to be like known as being like a funny guy. So that, um, you want to be professional go, dad, too. Your dad was a good, your dad, I mean, cause I remember you, you were saying that you, you and your dad had a good relationship. Oh right? yeah. Very, and we still do. And we're, yeah, but he and was not a, he was like, he's not a guy who had a body count when he was younger. Well, here's the thing. Him and my mom were high school sweethearts. They've only been with each other. Wow. So that that all that's amazing. And they're they're still so in love, and it makes me sick. Yeah, but that gives you no dating advice. Any helpful dating advice? That's the thing. I'd be like, he can't even tell you how to deal with a fucking breakup or nothing. I don't know. I'm still with her. Well, of course. So knowing that, I'm like, oh, every the girl I'm dating in high school is going to be the girl I date forever. It's gonna. That's what I thought. So, oh, like, wow. my first breakup then was like, we dated for two years. It was so hard for me because I was like, no, this is supposed to be where I meet my wife is in gym class, you know, or whatever. And, <laughs> like you uh, thought you and, fucked it up, right? You're I, like, I've already like, failed gonna, out of the gate. I was like, I was like 19, and I'm gonna. I was like, I'm gonna be single forever. <laughs> you know, it's like what? Oh, you know, but when you're young and you just don't know how everything works, you think that, and especially when you have parents that are like, "Oh no, we met in middle school and have been together ever since." You're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. Um, but but you know, you learn. You, and and I'm I'm so happy that I got dumped a bunch, and I always was the one getting dumped. I think I broke up with like two girls my whole life. Uh, because it, you what was that like? Because Marcus, you're so sweet. I want to know what the breakup was like that you when you do have to I already do the breaking know. up. I know what it was like. You, you know what it was like. I want to hear, it. Marcus. Uh, tell me, Dante. Ahead. What do you think it was like? It's just painful. Ugh. Like, and then just because when you're the nice guy, it it gives them a sense of confidence that they might not have normally because you're begging. To get back in, like oh. a lot, a lot of guys who don't understand that when you're in the breakup, somebody says, "I don't want to be with you." The f- what you should do is leave. Yeah, instead of trying to convince them otherwise, because that's what I would do. I'm like, well, what if I do this? What if I do that? And so we, like the first serious girlfriend I had, we did it for two years, and it was, um, 
we dated in high school for a little while. Then I moved to New York and we dated for like a couple months while I lived in New York and she lived in somewhere in Wisconsin. She was also going to school mm-hmm. and, and it was so hard. And not only because we were separate, we couldn't like talk face to face, but when we did, when we were broken up, we like broke up on the phone and it was like a, one of those long breakups. It was like, well, do we want to break up? Maybe we don't, maybe we take a break. Well, what is the break? Why well, are we going to see other people? Like, what is this? I still love you. What's going on? And, uh, then when we finally like talked face to face, I realized, no, I don't want this. She's mm. not the one. She's not it. Really? That was your, your so you, you discovered that. But it took, it took me to what go through. What was the thing that made you go, I don't want this? Cause she, I could see it in her eyes that she was like, she was done. And so there was nothing I could do to say, to convince her otherwise, even though you shouldn't have to really convince someone to, to, to be with you the, you should you shouldn't have to hold a gun to someone's head um unless you're fighting with dante um <laughs> but i think it, it was really it, it, it even though i knew in my head i still was kind of fighting a little bit and maybe i there was probably like the, then the next girlfriend i had who was like the rebound kind of looked oddly similar to the girl uh-huh. i dated for two years so it was kind of like us and then we broke up and it was like a sl- then it was like okay i'm over it i got it i you know i i needed to be single in new york for a while i need to needed to figure out who i was without having to check in with my yeah high school girlfriend back home you know what i mean yeah. i needed that space I needed to to have new experiences. It's just like what we started talking about in this podcast. Like it's good to put yourself in situations where you don't know the outcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not gonna know how you go. Let's um, let's shut this down. There's some stuff I want to talk about that the friend zone and the breakup and the, and making that transformation. But let's do it on the Patreon side. Yeah, that's um, right. If you want to join us, plug, uh, plug on your, uh, TikTok stuff. Yeah, Marcus, you, please, uh, please. Um, when does this come out? Uh, it's gonna come out t- tonight and tomorrow morning. You're a rare occasion. We're releasing this one immediately. Oh, that's great. Well, on February 14th, I'm at Coastal Creative in St. Pete, Florida. Um, still some tickets available for that, but all my dates are on marcusmonroe.com. Gonna be in Vermont February 25th at the Woolen Mill Comedy Club. Um, yeah, and in New York almost every night that I'm not on the road. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate you, Harry. Quick. Uh, if you want to join us and continue with us uh, as we follow, we follow up with more stuff uh, with Marcus. You can join us over at Patreon.com/slash/Manschool202. That's where we're doing all the bonus content for the show, and we're going to keep talking to Marcus. If you want to uh, do relationship advice from me, uh, you can do a consultation. Email me at advicefromharry at gmail.com. Uh, that's how you get a hold of me. And also, uh, just follow me on social media on my TikTok, at Harry Turjanian, YouTube. It's all at Harry Turjanian. Uh, I'm doing some new stuff that should be out soon. Um, you want a consultation with me? Look over there at consultationsdantenero.com. Click on consult. Um, on my social media, follow me on Instagram, TikTok, all of those things. I'm putting contact up pretty, content up pretty quickly, pretty frequently. Uh, GYBB, get your balls back. WWDD, what would Dante do? The sexual revolution is being polished. Don't forget the Patreon, www.patreon.com. Click slash manschool202. Yo, love y'all. We out of here.